Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This morning, I traveled through the uh, Massey Tunnel like I always do to come into work. And, uh, you know, it was uh, not a bad day today. It was a good day today and I left a little later than I usually do. Uh, but you always once in a while have to remind yourself how old that piece of infrastructure is. Uh, the Massey Tunnel uh, opened for traffic in May 23, May 23rd, 1959. Here's a, a short little report uh, from that day when it opened. Now the job is done. The engineering dream, a reality. The hardships and the dangers are mere entries in technical reports. The men who built the tunnel have scattered to a hundred different jobs around the world. Memories are short, and this monumental achievement will soon be taken for granted. But it is all the greater for that. Dee's Island Tunnel is now more than an engineering project. It is the artery of a people whose future is more assured. Dee's Island Tunnel a triumph of today for British Columbia's tomorrow. What I found amazing of that uh, report uh, from that time, Queen Elizabeth actually uh, uh, drove through the tunnel uh, when she uh, visited and when they opened it. Uh, you know, 64 years later and one, 64 years and one month later, uh, we're still <laughs> dealing with this tunnel. Uh, in fact, what I found interesting was just it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Ministry of Transportation uh, talked, uh, sent out a press release actually talking about uh, uh, putting a call out for companies interested in building the new eight-lane immersed tunnel. The fact that the transportation ministry is sending out a press release just to get companies interested to finally eventually have a request for proposal. It's all bureaucratic talk, but essentially they're sending out a press release basically saying, look, if you're interested, come and come and talk to us. Uh, and it's 2023. Well, joining us now uh, is Kevin Falcon, at least the BC United Party, official opposition leader as well. We want to talk a little bit about the Massey Tunnel. Uh, Kevin, let me start first and foremost. Uh, the bridge that was proposed, and yes, cancelled by the NDP, uh, it would have been open now, right? It would have been open last summer. It w- uh, t- just to briefly recap for your listeners, it was a 10-lane bridge. Mm-hmm. It was uh, not only would it provide the 10 lanes, two of the lanes dedicated for public transit to encourage people to take transit, four commuter lanes in each direction, but it was also engineered and designed to allow for the expansion of SkyTrain. So it would go from the ultimately from the Richmond uh, Bridgeport Station all the way up and over and right through to South Surrey, which would be exactly the kind of infrastructure we want to be building that's thinking about the future and the population growth that we're seeing, especially south of the Fraser. Mm-hmm. So we've gone from a $3.5 billion 10-lane bridge, cancelled, uh, to a 8-lane tunnel. Uh, and it says it's supposed to be operational by 2030 with a budget of 4.15. So we're getting 20% less capacity. We're paying more for it. Uh, and it's operational by 2030. You've been a former Minister of Transportation. Mm-hmm. What's the chance of that actually being ready to go by 2030 in your mind? Well, it's actually worse than what you've described because they actually had a fixed price contract in place with a consortium uh, of partners that were going to build that bridge for $2.6 billion. So literally, uh, the NDP walked away from a deal that was $900 million below the budget of $3.5 billion. 
uh, and they were ready to go. And in fact, I always remember, uh, Jazz, you in particular, because for years, of course, there was the preload. $100 million yeah. had been spent on getting that you know, bridge ready to get built. And, and the way that, that we used to do those kind of projects is you de-risk the things that the private sector can't, you know, it's difficult to cost. One of those is soils conditions. So what they do is they take care of all that. We took care of the preload. I wasn't in government at the time. You were actually. And they moved the power lines in preparation for the construction mm-hmm. to just get going. So literally all the NDP had to do was sign that contract. Construction would have started. It would have been open last summer. Mm-hmm. And it's very frustrating that today, as I was out there celebrating the second anniversary, the second summer, that that bridge is, that should have been there is no longer there. All I could see behind me were that line of cars and trucks. Mm-hmm. And I was reminded of the 2017 press release that, uh, that was issued that pointed out that commuters spend one million hours a year in congestion on that corridor. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question to you, the mayor's mayor's council at Metro Vancouver never supported it. The Richmond mayor never supported it. Uh, the Delta mayor at the time, uh, to my understanding, did, although there were some Delta residents that opposed it. What say in your mind do mayors have in something like this? They don't put a cent into the project, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, my argument would be that, look, it, it connects not only commuters, but ferry users. South Surrey, Langley are growing people on the border. Uh, we just had approval of a major expansion of the port out mm-hmm. to Austin as well. What say should mayors have in this? Uh, because I've always felt they've been so siloed, uh, and I'll, we can talk a little bit about that, but our infrastructure planning and approval just gets bogged down, in my opinion, by this parochial mindset that it's my backyard and you can't do it here because I don't support it, even though they're not putting a penny in this. You're 100% correct. I mean, look, that was my experience. I was Minister of Transportation for six years, one of the longest serving. I was uh, oversaw the construction and development of the Canada Line, the Evergreen Line, the Sea to Sky Highway, the South Fraser Perimeter Road, the Portman Bridge, the Pitt River Bridge, all kinds of projects. And I can tell you this, if I had uh, been governed by not going ahead in a project because a mayor or local mayors opposed it, nothing would have got built. Every one of those projects had opposition of some sort. And that's okay. You have to take into account their concerns and, and you try and build those concerns into the project to make sure that you, you know, uh, try and accommodate them as much as possible. But you cannot be paralyzed as this government has been by uh, some local opposition. I'll give you another example. The Patalo Bridge, which is a four-lane bridge built in 1938. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. And back then, Surrey's population was 14,000 people. Today, it's 600,000. The NDP went ahead to replace the bridge, which is a good thing. But because the mayor of New Westminster complained, they said, oh, well, we better just make it four lanes then because he doesn't want additional lanes. Well, frankly, are you kidding me? You know, Surrey's going to have a population of a million people in the next 10 years, and you're going to build the same number of lanes for, for the, you know, the size of the population? That's not thinking about future generations, and it drives me crazy. But unfortunately, with this government, that is actually just the way they operate. We are speaking to Kevin Falcon, BC United leader, opposition leader as well, former transportation minister. We are talking about, uh, about the uh, George Massey Tunnel and that uh, if the bridge hadn't been cancelled, the 10-lane bridge, it would be uh, year two for the bridge uh, open uh, for uh, taxpayers to use. Uh, instead, we have a tunnel uh, built in May 23rd. 
1959. <laughs> Put that in your pocket and deal with it. Anyway, give us a call on the open line, 604-280-9898, star 9898 uh, on your cell phone. And look, the question I got to ask everybody is, and I don't have an answer, why do we politicize infrastructure, vital infrastructure for this region that can move people? 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell phone. Let's go to Stephen Ladner. Hi, Steve. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I've been wanting to talk about this forever. You know what, I've lived in Ladner for 30 years. I've quit two jobs because I couldn't drive through the tunnel. I bought an electric car, spent 45000 bucks so I can get an HOV lane, but everybody cheats. Now I'm going to get a four-lane tunnel that has one bus lane, so it's going to be three lanes going one direction, which exactly is what it is now. No future planning, you know, and it's been politicized, and it's only $1,000 per citizen, you know, to make up for that $4 billion overage. And you know what? Quite honestly, Mr. Falcon, you tell me this. They will not be allowed to build the tunnel because they won't be allowed to dig up the Fraser River bed because of the fish. So they're just delaying it for another three years because it's not going to pass environmental things. The the bridge was going to have two pillars on the land, so it wasn't even going to interfere. And I heard they didn't want it. Some people didn't want shade or shadow from the the columns of the bridge. This is just ridiculous incompetence. And as a as a taxpayer, I just don't get it. And you know, I give up quite honestly. Yeah, I give up. I, I really understand uh, Steve's frustration, Jazz, because he's right. First of all, a hundred million had already been spent, mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, so that was all flushed down the toilet. Second thing is, he's right. There's going to be massive environmental impact when you try to take eight huge concrete tubes and dump them into the Fraser River and all the excavation you're going to have to do. You've got salmon, you've got sturgeon, you've got huge environmental impacts, which is why I've said that should I become the next premier of this province, we will be going ahead with the bridge. We'll dust off the plans, we'll update the environmental assessment work that was already done and approved. That would take about six months, and we'll get started on construction. The plans are already done. Everything's all in place. The, the, the other thing he mentioned that's really important, though, is they're talking about an eight-lane tunnel. Two of the lanes would be dedicated for buses. Yep. No ability to allow for future rapid transit as the bridge would. And as he points out, you'd have exactly the same number of lanes that you've got today with the huge, heavy congestion, the million hours a year that people are spending in that congestion at that tunnel. Uh, nothing would change. And yet it's going to cost billions of dollars more, more than double what it would have cost on the $2.6 billion fixed price deal they already had in place. Uh, so we're going to pay more to get less, and we won't see it for at least another eight years, probably 10. Let's go to uh, Scott Langley. Hi, Scott. Yeah, hey, Jess. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, you, you talk about the bridge a lot, but there's also the infrastructure out in Langley, uh, which was supposed to be the highway widening project that was supposed to be actually quite open last year all the way to Whatcom Road. But as far as I see it, the contractor of Key West Asphalt has actually just walked away from the project exactly probably about one year ago today, probably. And nothing's being built. Uh, They're building an overpass at Glover Road, but there's probably no highway for it to go on to. Scott, so thank, just, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. I mean, I've traveled on Highway 1 quite a bit. It's been about a month when I've been all the way down to Langley and Abbotsford in that area. But um, that inevitably has to be, you know, we do have to expand roadways still all the way out to Abbotsford. And hopefully one day a SkyTrain, I would assume. Uh, of course. And, and the reason why that uh, they walked away is because the government deferred uh, that in their budget and said, no, that's not a priority for the NDP government. Now, I guarantee you before the election, they'll be saying, oh, suddenly it's a priority again. And they'll, you know, do what they always do, which is make all these promises 
promises. But at the end of the day, I just want the public to really understand we have to look at outcomes. What results are we actually getting? And, you know, what I find frustrating is not just what's not happening on the number one, but even this delay. That's why I went out there today to say this is the second anniversary of when that bridge should have been open and people would have been enjoying all those benefits. And somebody should be held accountable for that gross, stupid decision because it is an epically stupid decision. If you were to build that bridge, would you toll it? No. No, I've been very clear I wouldn't toll it. Do you regret tolling Portman? No, because that was the only way we were going to get it built, to be honest with you. We just, it was the only way at that time. Remember, we were in very different fiscal circumstances. And we, I wanted to get that bridge built no matter what. I felt it was critical. And I think it's important to point out that the NDP government opposed that bridge from every step of the way. Now they said, oh, great, we took the tolls off. But that bridge would have never been there had they been in government because they opposed the very idea of building that 10-lane bridge. Let's go to Jim in Richmond. Hi, Jim. Hey, Kevin. Uh, thank you for taking my uh, Mr. Walton. Sorry, thank you for taking my call. Two questions. Um, will you promise not to, um, when infrastructure projects are started, not flip on them like the NDP did, where it's, we're, we're into a project and all of a sudden they decide to cancel it? And the second question is, um, what about a bridge from Coquitlam to North Vancouver? Uh, there isn't a way of getting successfully from the North Shore to um, Sickle And there was a bridge in the, future, in the past plan. Uh, good questions. Uh, you live on the North Shore, and it, it, I was talking to a friend just yesterday. But there's a neglected area that desperately needs some sort of rapid transit, uh, whether it's east-west uh, uh, there or uh, a new bridge. I remember as a reporter once covering conversations about a tunnel down First Avenue all the way to North Shore. Um, uh, how would you deal with the issue of, of the North Shore and Coquitlam, number one? And then, of course, the other issue was the sure. flip-flop question. Sure. So first of all, your last question. So I'd, I'd have to get a little more information on that, Jim. To be honest with you, I think there has been some preliminary work. The ministry typically is always looking at options and they do high level uh, sort of scoping to sort of see, you know, uh, from an engineering and design point of view, what's possible, what isn't. Uh, but, you know, I've been out of government for, for a decade, so I'd have to, uh, when I get back into office, to dig that up and talk to the staff and figure out what, what options we have available. In terms of flipping, I, look, just look at my track record. I, I can tell you um, I faced lots of opposition on many projects. Sea to Sky Highway, I had people protesting for two years at Eagle Ridge Bluffs, you know, saying, don't do it, don't do it. Um, the Canada Line, I had the TransLink Council was trying to stop us, saying they didn't agree with the corridor and thought I should be using different technology. Same thing with the Evergreen Line. There was local mayors that wanted light rail, not the rapid transit, etc. Um, at the end of the day, Leadership is about making decisions, and it's about getting things done. And once we've done the consultation, we've listened to all the input, then we get on with building it. That's what I was known for, you know, just getting things done and executing. And that's what we don't see in this province right now is leadership, because we've got to be doing this stuff now. Anything we think we're doing is not nearly enough, I can guarantee you this, because our population is growing so dramatically. That's why we've got a massive housing shortage. That's why we've got, you know, uh, hospitals that are overflowing, because we haven't got a government that's making decisions and executing executing on those decisions in spite of the opposition you're bound to face. Kevin, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Jess.